Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden and this is episode 45. I just had the weirdest experience, um, like a little witchy moment if you will. I always check before I start recording um, what episode we're on because obviously I say it at the start of every time I record and obviously my podcast comes out every two weeks um, and I record very sporadically like sometimes I record way in advance and I've got loads in the bank sometimes I'm literally recording the day before and then I like put it out the day after Um, obviously like I do not have the luxury of like a lot of podcasting time because I do run a full-time PR business by myself Um, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah anyway back to my witchy moment Um, So I went onto my phone because an episode went live this morning. So this is Tuesday. I'm recording this on Thursday, uh, the 14th. And my Should You Buy Coverage episode just went live, which was the episode from would be two weeks ago at the time that you're hearing this. Um, But anyway, I clicked on my phone uh, to look at the episode number so I could say episode 45 or whatever and I press play and I was saying in the podcast this is episode 44 on my phone and it was just very weird because that's what I was looking for anyway (laughs) pointless irrelevant story um but there was one other thing that I wanted to say that is pointless and irrelevant before we crack into today's topic and that is that yesterday I was feeling so low energy and I was feeling like you know when you have those days where you just feel like you'll never feel a hundred percent ever again um and you're sort of like dragging yourself through the day you feel sluggish like you've got time and you're like berating yourself because you're like why am I not like yesterday this is totally like just me airing my stuff but I feel like it might be helpful um so yesterday I did a Pilates class at Harper State at night I had all day to do it like I'd finished my work by like four o'clock in the afternoon yet here I am doing a Pilates class at Harper State at night because I just couldn't like get myself going um and I went to bed feeling like oh you know like one of those but then I've woken up this morning I have done two meetings already I just had a really wonderful meeting with a student who wanted to interview me um who's obviously studying communications PR um and I feel so energized. So from my energized state, I want to tell anybody who is in a low energy state, energy is an ebb and a flow and not every single day. You're not going to girl boss every single day. Like you're going to have days where it feels lackluster and you feel like you can't get anything done or you're just like running on 50%. The day will come where the energy hits you like a surge and the way that I tend to do it is I ride those waves. Like I'm kind to myself when I don't have a lot of energy and I sort of just get the things done that I need to. And then days like today where I have an energy surge, I make the most of it and I do extra. Like here I am recording the podcast because I have the energy today. Um, But I always forget that the energy is going to come when I don't have it. So if you're having a low energy day today, it's coming babe don't you worry um okay with all of that randomness aside um today we are going to be talking about um influencer brands and celebrity brands in general and why I feel like their creative concepts feel odd at the moment um and this all stems from 
um Anna Paul who is a massive TikToker um if you haven't heard of her or found her go and have a look um but do be warned her content is extremely addictive and you will be there for hours so that's your warning uh content warning to addictive um but she's amazing she's a really amazing content creator um she has a really really loyal and engaged fan base like people love her as i said she's very addictive um and recently she announced that she was launching a brand which obviously you know influencer of that magnitude it's kind of the next obvious step um but the brand sort of took everybody's by surprise because it was a skincare brand um, called Paulie. And a lot of people were like, yeah, okay, while well, she's beautiful and she has wonderful skin, like it feels off. And why on earth would she choose skincare over other things that felt very organic to her? For example, she travels all the time and a lot of her um, content is around how her ex-boyfriend used to pack her suitcases for her because she's terrible at packing. So like a suitcase brand with like inbuilt packing cubes or, you know, something like that or a suitcase brand that comes with custom stickers and you could have your Anna Paul stickers on the outside, you know, you could have really run with that. Um, She also reviews a lot of food. So a food brand um, or a collaboration with a food brand would have been amazing. Um, She's also a sex worker. She does OnlyFans. So, you know, even if you were going to do like a line of lube called Pauly, like I'm not going to take credit for that. Somebody else came up with that on TikTok and I thought it was genius. I was like, yes, that would have been something, you know, and focused it on I don't know, maybe women instead of men um, and had like a super feminine line of lubes in different flavors. I don't know. It could, you know, you could have really gone for gold with this. Um, But instead we did skincare and, you know, it's not even like she's really been documenting like her skincare journey or anything like that. Like all of a sudden we were seeing videos from her that was like, oh, this was my skin before and after, blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, that's not really what it's just not really come up until now. Like it hasn't been a big topic of discussion anyway. Um, So everyone was like, I'm a bit confused. And that led me on to thinking, ah, people don't know how this works behind the scenes, which is the thought that comes to me when I come up with the majority of the titles for this podcast and what I'm going to talk about. So to me, it felt quite obvious, like what had happened behind the scenes and that's because it's what happens most of the time so when an influencer starts a brand usually it'll be because someone or a company has approached them to do so like for example we've just gone through the whole um Jaclyn Hill saga where she claimed that she started the business with all of her own money it was a family business it was independent And then when Morphe went bankrupt, which obviously because of Jacqueline's close affiliation with Morphe, everybody suspected in the beginning that this was like a an extension of a Morphe brand and these were actually Morphe products and she swore blind that they were not. Um, Her brand was affected in the bankruptcy, you know, they were listed in the bankruptcy documents. So then it all came to light that in fact Jacqueline Hill was essentially working with and white labeling Morphe. So that's how it usually works behind the scenes and it's not seedy. So I don't know why influencers try and make out like 
it's not a white labeling situation or it's not like it's essentially the only way to describe it is you know like when um a brand has a celebrity ambassador and they become like the face of the brand like that's essentially what these influencer brands are but to the next level like they have the face they have the name they have the selling power they are targeting those influencers audiences with products that are relevant to them but all of the behind the scenes like the formulations the logistics the distribution the packaging you know customer service is run by a company or a conglomerate that is bigger than the influencer like it is not Jacqueline's Hill, Jacqueline Hill's mum packaging eyeshadow palettes and sending them to you. Like when you email customer service, it's not Jacqueline Hill who's replying, it's a company, you know? So it's like a collaboration and they become like quite a big face of. It's also um, quite an interesting thing to talk about um, because everyone has sort of been saying that this is like the next stage of like what merch used to be. So back in the day when like, I always talk about this era, but it was a really significant era to PR. So here we are, 2015-16, where everyone was doing merch. And, you know, remember, like everyone will remember from that time, like Jeffree Star used to have killer merch and he used to have his big warehouse that he used to show off all the time. And he'd have like Shane Dawson's merch and Ryland's merch and Trisha Paytas merch. And everybody would go to him to get their merch because their fan bases wanted to rep them so you know they wanted a Shane Dawson hoodie or whatever it was and that was the thing to do for influencers you know that was how they were selling through that's how they were maximizing their audience was by selling merch so when it sort of dropped off and merch became like uncool and also like the audiences are growing up with the influencers like mid 20 year olds are not really wanting to walk around with their favorite youtuber on their chest you know um it moved into brands where you could buy a Jaclyn Hill eyeshadow and, you know, to the community who love and know Jaclyn Hill and are involved in makeup, they'll know what that is, but it's not walking around with Jaclyn Hill's face on a t-shirt. You see what I mean? So you are sort of evolving merch past the point where people feel comfortable to wear t-shirts sweatshirts and instead investing into products like for example everyone was obsessed with Kylie Jenner but girls kind of have this thing where they're like oh I'm not sure I want to be sort of seen to be obsessed with Kylie Jenner but therefore they can own the lip kit in the privacy of their own home and you know you're still investing in that influencer in that celebrity but you're doing it in a more private manner but the influencer still gets the sales So it makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense. The evolution makes sense. So these sort of, like this Annapole skincare line is essentially merch. Like it's Annapole merch, right? But it's just a strange option um, because, for example, Jaclyn Hill did makeup. Makes perfect sense. Annapole did skincare, random. But here's why I feel like a lot of influencer brands recently and celebrity brands even more so have just felt off like they don't make sense and that's because I feel like post-covid our stats are off so when a company or Anna Paul's management would have gotten her in a room allegedly this is all alleged and this is my opinion um, on what would have happened based on my knowledge of what does happen behind the scenes um so they would have gotten her in a room and they would have said right 
here are our stats of things that we can do. So for example, your suitcase, your tracksuits, your skincare, whatever, your merch, your different options for merch. And they would have pulled out that skincare. So skincare is one of the fastest growing categories across all beauty. Um, And I saw someone type somewhere, and I don't know if it's a true fact, but apparently there's a 70 to 80% margin on skincare, or there has been. And this makes perfect sense because we all remember like the super high glam makeup that sort of disappeared during COVID because everyone was switching to skincare. And that's kind of kept going post-COVID is everyone is more focused on skincare, subtle, natural, like, you know, your strawberry girl makeup of the world, like, as opposed to a full glam look. So whereas five years ago, post pre-COVID, sorry, Anna might have done an eyeshadow palette, now she's doing skincare because they that is the most popular category. It's showing the most profit, it's showing the most growth. Um, and if you're if you are talking 70 to 80% margins next to a suitcase, which probably doesn't have those margins, it's a bit of a no-brainer. So when you're in a room with this influencer, you're going to have sort of your big marketing PR people um, who are successful on a corporate level and how any decision is made in corporate world is via numbers. So knowing that skincare has a 70 to 80% margin would have been like a no brainer in that meeting. Like obviously we're going to choose this because this makes sense. But something that I just said with an interview with that student that I told you that I was doing this morning was that sometimes PRs forget to put their human hats on. And these, especially in corporate land, to get anything over the line, you need stats and you need numbers. But those stats and numbers are warped because of we've just gone through like a global pandemic. The the world is on fire. So the stats that would have been really solid and a really clear indicator of what's doing well and what's doing not are now kind of null and void because consumers are changing so fast on a daily, weekly basis. What people want is like realness, truth, honesty in a world where they feel like they're being lied to. So if your marketing is based on numbers and not based on like truth and heart and humanity and you know, something that makes sense, people are not going to engage. So you can 70 to 80% profit margin your way all the way home, but it's not going to land in the real world. So this comes back to PRs sort of putting their human hats on. Like when you are choosing a brand for a celebrity or an influencer, you have to put your human hat on and you have to get out in the world and see like, what are these people really resonating with and what actually makes sense? And something that is going to make sense to that person might not make sense on paper, but it's really important that that person that sat in that room, that celebrity, that influencer speaks up and says, no, I don't think even though this skincare category is sort of blasting all of the other ones out of the water and seems like the obvious choice it's not the obvious choice and it's not what's going to work for my my audience and I know that if I sold a suitcase it's going to do better in the long run as opposed to like an explosive launch and then everybody dies off like we've seen these makeup brands time and time again with celebrities where they may have an explosive launch but in a couple of years they've gone that you know no one cares and that's because it's not like really authentic and it doesn't sit with their content it doesn't it just doesn't work so it's gonna drop off so instead of a get rich quick scheme which let's face it all of these low-key are allegedly 
you know, if you want an actual brand with longevity and meaning and heart, then that's where you have to start. <sighs> I'm a rapper. That rhymed. Um, like someone, I, I always come back to this, but someone who I think is doing this really well is Jamie Genevieve with Vive. Um, like obviously she's a makeup artist, so it makes it made sense for her to do makeup. But the products that she's bringing out and what she's focused on is so inherently specific to her, and you can tell it has her written all over it. But I know, I'm not going to say for a fact, allegedly, um, you know, she has a team. Like even after she'd launched. I was seeing TikToks and things of her team and there's like 20 people sitting in a market meeting. Like that's not a single person run business. Like I said, Jamie's not packing your lipsticks. Do you know what I mean? But it works because you can tell she's gone into that room and fought for what she wants to do with her brand and what she knows her audience is going to love because she loves it. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Like she has all of these amazing products and it's all based off stuff that resonates with her like it makes perfect sense and you can tell that she has a team that listen to her and then make it happen whereas with Anna Paul her team's gone skincare's got the best stats and she's gone okay let's go do you know what I mean like there has to be pushback um like I always thought that the whole um like Travis Barker skincare thing was really random but again a company has approached him and gone skincare's doing really well do you want to do skincare yeah perfect off you go like take a couple of pictures done whereas it has to it has to have something that's relevant to stand the test of time like I hate to say it but Kim Kardashian with skims like that's a really good example of something that has stood the test of time because it was meaningful. Like the fact that she was wearing those under her outfits and still continues to do so constantly, you know, and everyone's so focused on her body and how she looks like this. There's this huge intrigue about how she looks a certain way, you know, skims, perfect. So yeah, I think coming back to it is making sure that when these brands are in their creation phase the corporates don't get too corporate and people do stop for a second and put their human hats on like that's when it works because otherwise you get this really weird vibe where the influencers is really excited because they're like oh it's my new brand and then all of their followers are like why you know and it feels jarring but that's why that's why it feels jarring is because it's not like Anna Paul sat down with her notebook in my opinion and wrote down like I want a skincare brand and this is what it's going to look like and you know I'm going to manifest it because these are all of my hopes and dreams like no like she's been approached by a company she's been sat in a room she's been told the stats and she's gone okay let's go you know like that's how it works behind the scenes allegedly um so yeah I, th- I thought that, that might be insightful because again it's another one of those things where where you really think about it it is obvious um but yeah these stats years ago they would have been bang on and everyone would have gone wild for an anapol skincare but we're just not you know our stats are squiff our stats are squiff and we can't rely on stats anymore and we have to rely on a little bit of heart and I know that sounds so like hippy dippy but it has to make sense like PR PRs and marketeers are storytellers and if that story doesn't have a start middle and end and it's cohesive 
it's not a good thing you know like if there's parts of the story that you have to force to make fit then maybe you should go back to the drawing board because it has to flow and if it doesn't flow then you're not going to capture that audience and unfortunately or fortunately you know that's the consumer world that we're dealing with now is people who want that start middle and end cohesive story and they want something with a bit of heart that comes from a human something that makes sense like we live in a world that we're so oversaturated with products like if somebody's bringing out a product it better be for a damn good reason otherwise it's instantly going to feel negative because you just add into the problem you add into the consumerism you're adding to this like mistrust of an audience um so yeah, that's just my two cents on the matter anyway. Uh, I thought it would be interesting to go more sort of deep dive into this like influencer celebrity brand phenomenon that is just feeling ever so slightly off re- of recent. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Hopefully you learned something today. Um, and if not, hope you had fun. <laughs> um but yeah I think that's everything on this topic so I will see you on the next one